Super excited about this new mini podcast series about my book, Unlikely Fighter. Uh, so grateful to write this book. And it was such a hard book to write because I had to relive a lot of stuff. But it was also one of those processes that blew me away with God's grace. God's grace in my life, God's grace in my family. And I thank God for this preacher, nicknamed Yankee, who's from the Deep South, who shared the clear message of the gospel. He used to always talk about a clear gospel. Make sure you preach a clear gospel. And he came one day uh, to my Uncle Jack's house um, on a dare from a guy named Bob Daly, but also a challenge from my Uncle Jack's two girls, or my cousins, uh, Jackie and Tammy, who had been going to Yankees Church as Sunday school youth group and were transformed by it. They so wanted their dad, Jack, and their mom, Erlene, Uncle Jack and Erlene, to know Christ. So Yankee pulled up uh, to Jack's house unannounced on a Saturday morning, and Bob Daly stayed in the car, and Yankee came to the door and knocked on the door, and Jack was perturbed that somebody's knocking on his door on a Saturday morning. Comes to the door with no shirt on. Uh, the biggest German shepherd you'd ever seen, Lobo, to this day, the biggest German shepherd. I mean, he's a huge German shepherd, barking. Uncle Jack tats everywhere, big lamb chop sideburns, Fu Manchu mustache, two beer cans, one for drinking beer, one for spit and chew. Didn't want to get those mixed up because what do you want? Yankee goes, hey, I'm here on a dare from Bob Daly to tell you about Jesus. And by the way, your two little girls that uh, come to our youth group, they're awesome. They're sweet. You got the greatest kids in the world, which is the best thing Yankee could have said because that got him in the door. And uh, sat down at the kitchen table. And Jack told Yankee, I'll give you five minutes. And Yankee took that five minutes and explained the gospel. I'll show you the exact illustration he used. They used to call this the hand gesture. He goes, let this hand represent you and me. Let this, and we used a wallet, not an iPhone. Let this represent sin. All of us have sin, and that sin separates us from God. And no good deeds we ever do could ever bridge the gap. It just covers up our sin. So 2,000 years ago, God sent his son into this earth to live the perfect life we could never live. Jesus died on the cross, took all of our sin upon himself, rose from the dead, and he says if you simply trust in him, you have eternal life, and that life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. So if you trust in Jesus, you're going to go to heaven. And earlier, Yankee had asked my Uncle Jack, do you, do you, if I could tell you how you're going to go, if you were to die right now, uh, would you go to heaven or hell? He goes, I'd go to hell. He said, would you like to go to heaven? He goes, yeah. So Yankee showed him that illustration and asked, does that make sense? He goes, hell yeah. That was a sinner's prayer. Hell yeah. I put his faith in Christ. My Aunt Erlene put her faith in Christ. And my Uncle Jack began to study scripture, began to share the gospel. And the key verse that... Yankee shared with Jack was Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's a gift of God, saved by grace through faith. That clicked with my Uncle Jack so much that he began to tell everyone. He went the next day to the meatpacking place where he worked, and he wanted to tell Thumper, his bodybuilding Italian friend, about Christ. And Thumper... The night before, I'd watched the movie The Exorcist and was freaked out. 
And he actually brought it up with Jack. He goes, man, I watched this movie, Exorcist, The Exorcist, and he freaked me out, man. I want to get possessed by the devil. And my Uncle Jack knew that was an open door. He goes, well, I ain't afraid of the devil because I got Jesus. I want to tell you about him. And he leads Thumper to Christ. Quotes Ephesians 2, 8, 9. By grace you're saved through faith, gift to God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And Thumper, man, trusts Christ. He goes, you got to tell my whole family this. Invites Yankee over. Yankee goes to this large Italian family's house, right? The Coxie family for two weeks straight. And he just keeps quoting that verse, keeps showing that illustration. And one by one by one by one, all of the Coxie family put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. My Uncle Jack was utterly transformed from street fighter to street preacher, transformed by the gospel of grace. This grace message is tailor-made for people who know they're hopeless sinners. You know, there's some methods of evangelism that tell you you have to use the law first to break down people's trust in themselves. And, and that's true when you're talking to religious people or people that think they're morally good. It wasn't necessary in my family. My family knew they were sinners. They knew they were desperate. Matter of fact, they just thought God would never accept them because they were so sinful. So when my Uncle Jack heard the gospel, that's why his sinner's prayer was, hell yeah, I'm in. He had never heard the gospel of grace. The grace message always sounds too good to be true. Whenever you're preaching the gospel of grace, it's going to sound too good to be true. But I tell people, if your gospel doesn't sound too good to be true, it's not good and it's not true because it's not grace. Grace means undeserved favor unmerited favor. We don't work for it. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We just receive it. It's a gift of God, not by works. Yankee used to tell the story about like if you get a a gift on Christmas morning from your parents, uh, they don't usually say after you open it, well, that'll be $49.95 because they already paid for it. That's what a gift is. Somebody else paid for it. Jesus paid the price for eternal life with his own blood on the cross. We receive it simply by faith. The other thing is that grace message relentlessly offends the religious. It just does. It offends the religious. It brings in the sinners, but it offends oftentimes the religious because we want to earn it. We want to do something to deserve it. So one of the themes you'll see throughout my book is the theme of grace, this good news message that transformed my uncle um, Jack, my uncle Dave, my uncle Tommy, uh, my uncle Richard, uh, every one of my, my uncles, my uncle Bob, uh, my mom, uh, the power of grace that flowed like a river through my family and transformed them from the inside out. By the way, if you've never put your faith in Christ, if you've never come to that place in your life where you're like, you know what? I believe that Jesus died for me. I trust in him alone to forgive me for all my sins. I receive that good news, the gospel of eternal life. And yeah, that message may be offensive to our religious minds, or our moral minds. That may, I think I'm good enough. We're not good enough. We all fall short. We all miss the mark. I'll never forget experiencing this when I was 19 years old at the Denver Rescue Mission. I was invited to preach. The way rescue missions work is if you want to be able to, you know, stay the night there and have some food there, you have to listen to the music and you have to listen to the preacher. And and, and it was kind of like a, literally a captive audience. And I remember preaching, there was, I don't know, probably 100 or so uh, in the Denver Rescue Mission. The Rescue Mission staff was lined up, sitting down on chairs uh, against the wall. 
and I was preaching. And I knew all these people had probably heard these turn or burn messages, so I wanted to change it up. I said, how many of you guys have heard if you want to get to heaven, you got to got to give up your drinking, you got to give up your smoking, you got to give up your alcohol, you got to give up your sex, you got to give up all those sins. I kind of raised their hand. Yeah. I go, I want to tell you something different today. And they all kind of looked up, and the rescue commission staff looked up. I go, if you want to get to heaven, keep your drugs, keep your cigarettes, keep your alcohol, keep all your sexual sins, keep all your sins. And this one guy yells out, amen. I'm not kidding. The rescue mission staff stood up, and they're talking to each other. I knew they were talking about how did they get me off stage. I said, you keep your sins, and you come with all those sins, unable to turn from them, unable to get rid of them. You come to the cross with all your sins, and you kneel at the foot of the cross. You put your faith in Jesus that he died in your place for your sins, and he will forgive you for all the sins you've ever committed or ever will commit. He will come to live inside you through his Holy Spirit, and he will give you the power and desire to turn from those sins. But you can't have the power and desire until you have the person. You can't have the person until you put your faith in Jesus. And the rescue mission staff sat back down, and I gave the invitation, and seven of those men indicated faith in Christ as our Savior. The power of the gospel of grace that sounds too good to be true. Again, weaves throughout the book. It's the message that blew my family away, that transformed me, that turned the trajectory of my entire family from street-fighting, bodybuilding thugs into passionate followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who are exponentially advancing His kingdom. That's the power of grace, and that's the message of my book, Unlikely Fighter.